Um, thank you for moving over here. Um, just really quickly, Larry, can we're, excuse us while we do a little tech tech check here? I'm just going to start the the recording and see how see make sure we're hooked up. Here we go. Okay, good. You may have to you may have to turn it up when we get there, but because this recording is a little lower than some of the other ones. But thank you. So I'm back. <laughs> uh, welcome to um, this final session. Um, I purposely this is this this song is in the um, is the title of the book <laughs> and is uh, part of what we're doing for this week. So. Um, First, I wasn't going to sing it at all, but I think instead of singing Precious Lord, so you actually don't need the second sheet, um, we're going to sing, um, you can find the words in bold down a little ways on the page. Dr. Ed can play with us. Um, we'll, we'll sing, uh, we'll sing through the, through the three verses. What I'm trying to do with this, this song, this song is, um, is a very powerful one for me, and I hope um, if it isn't already, will become for you. Um, it just sort of captures what we're about to, the part of the journey that we're about to enter into um, as we go into Holy Week. Um, and um, so it kind of just lays it out there and is kind of raw and bare. And I have two amazing, um, amazing and amazingly different. Um, Recordings to play for you tonight, too, of the song. So maybe it will be good to completely surround it um, and put it in the middle, too. So let's, um, instead of doing Precious Lord at the beginning here, let's do, uh, let's sing those words down there at the bottom where you're there in the bold part, just uh, halfway down the page. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Crucified, my Lord. Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified? Find my Lord. Were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you Sometimes it calls 
causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Thank you. Um, as you can see, it's it's a it's a raw. One, but it also communicates better than um, than some of them do because we understand all the pieces of it. There's nothing there that is um, a foreign cultural experience to us or anything like that. It's just right out there for all of us to see. I'm sorry that I split the words up the wrong way, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, I reminded you already of uh, next... Uh, week Monday Thursday um, where we're going to have uh, communion around table um, around the table up here in the front so if you um, bring your friends and your neighbors um, and your family um, it should be a very meaningful service um, as we work to make sure that we make it meaningful for those of you who want to come and also make it um, special in a new way uh, for everybody that comes um so I'm going to play this in just a minute for you, this recording. Um, the, um, first, the first recording, I chose it especially because of its gen- genuineness and the integrity of the choral sound. Uh, for those of you who sing in choirs, you know what that means. Um, and you, if you don't know what it means, you'll know after you hear this choir do that. Um, it's certainly not what you, would ex- you might expect. Um, I was prepared when I looked at the list of all the recordings that I could pick from for uh, Were You There? I was not even going to listen to um, an English boys choir from, came, from of all places, King's College, Cambridge, um, doing this, this song in their big Gothic cathedral and their, their um, white surpluses and their roughed collars. Um, but as... Um, and again, anybody who's sung in a choir with an, with uh, uh, with a with a committed director, you know that um, given the right circumstance, that you can you can pull off um, all kinds of things when you actually get into the music and are led in such a way that you you become inspired. And I believe that 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 I was moved by their performance. Um, and um, it proved to me um, something that didn't have anything to do with what I was trying to find out, but that you should never judge a book by its cover or whatever one you want to use. Um, careful about choosing based on appearance or reputation. In this case, it was an excellent reputation, but not for this kind of music. Um, so listen to this um, beautiful um, and meaningful rendition and um, reflect on the words that you just sang so that those words ring in your head and also um, hopefully take on a different kind of meaning than we just did when you were you were um, singing it so this is um, were you there king's college cambridge choir um, men and boys Um, so the soprano voices that you hear are little boys singing boy soprano and the alto are um, boys also and then the men singing the tenor part and the bass part
So who knew English boys could sing like that, right? And inspired by the spiritual that they have no other connection to, arranged by an arranger who regularly arranges for their choir, um, and um, directed and played. I purposely left that Easter verse in there because it's an, it's intricately, intricately connected to what we're doing and where we're going. Um, and since we're not in the setting of a Holy Week um, service, I thought that it was, was appropriate. There weren't any alleluias in there, so we didn't violate any of those rules. But this isn't worship anyway, so we're good there too. Um, but I was so blown away by the the that last verse and how big it got and how full the sound was and all those things that just captured for me um, in a whole different and new way the meaning um, of the song. Um, I apologize for those skips and all that stuff. We have to get the... the the sound people here. This our new sound system. It's a Bluetooth connection um, that goes from my phone to the sound system up there where Larry is. And it, there's something that uh, it's probably in the um, the uh, network that that we that we use to make that, to accomplish that. But anyway, we're going to get that fixed. Um, and so I apologize for that part of it. Uh, the other part of that of that setting is is um, that was brought home to me when I found that recording was how um, and it, I thought it might be helpful to all of us how we can connect in a whole different way with the spirituals because it brings it into a realm of the kind of music that we're a little bit more used to hearing in church especially um, or when we go to a choral concert or something um, but also to show the durability of the spiritual and its message um, that goes way beyond um, just uh, what the, the you know the, the the typical way that the song is is uh, presented. Um, so this is connected for us to a scripture from Hebrews. Um, the second chapter, verses 14 to 18, um, you, have, you can look at them if you like to follow along. Um, some people um, just like to listen. That's fine, too. Um, this is from the message translation. You all know that I use the message a lot. Um, and in this, this time, this one is very special. Um, so this is starting at verse 14. Since the children are made of flesh and blood, it's logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. Got to read that one again. It's a complicated verse. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. Since the children are made of flesh and blood, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's logical that the Savior, Jesus, took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. So Jesus came to earth and then died on our behalf. That's all in that one verse. By embracing death, taking it into himself, Jesus destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. Whoa. That's, that, isn't that amazing? That's Peterson, classic Eugene Peterson. By embracing death, taking it into himself, into, inside of Jesus, Jesus destroyed the devil's hold on death 
and freed all who cower through life. In other words, all who are afraid of what's going to happen at the end of their life, scared to death of death. When I first started going to seminary, I asked my pastor at the time, what's the most difficult thing that you had to learn when you became a pastor? And he had been a university professor, so for a long number of years before he came back to our church as a pastor. So his answer was pretty simple. It was, I really dreaded doing pastoral care calls because I never had done that before very much. And I didn't really like it that much when I was in seminary. But I found so much strength in it for the rest of my pastoring by visiting with people, especially visiting with people who were dying. And for a young seminary, that was a very confusing answer. And he thought he knew that I was confused, probably from the look on my face. And Bruce continued to say to me that what he discovered was, when he finally was brave enough to ask it, was that you'll know that you're finally connecting when you're with someone who's dying and you have the, the nerve to ask them if they're afraid to die. He said, and when you do that for the first time, you'll be amazed at most of the answers that you get. And you don't have to be afraid that you're going to have to explain something because most of the time it's the Holy Spirit who inspires you to be able to ask that question at that time. And you'll be amazed by the answer that you get. And he's right. Um, It doesn't happen every time that I'm next to someone as they're dying. But there are certain times when it's very simple. And sometimes I don't even have to ask the question. It's almost like they're anticipating that I'm going to ask the question. Or they hear it through osmosis or whatever you want to call it. And they say to me, after we pray, you know, Pastor, I'm not afraid to die. Well, why aren't you afraid to die? And they tell me. Each in their own individual way and for their own individual reasons. Um, So I think that that's why that verse impacts me so much. Where he said, um, I'm scared scared to death of death. So now let's go on, starting verse 16. It's obvious, of course, that Jesus didn't go to all this trouble for angels. In other words, angels are all taken care of already. They're safely up there and, you know, doing their thing and all that stuff. It was for people like us. Children of Abraham. Everybody get that? We're connected to Abraham through the covenant. We're connected to all people through that, in that way, to the tribes of Abraham and, and all that amazing stuff. So when we baptize someone and we, we anoint them with oil, that's what we're doing them to them. We're connecting them. We're grafting them on to the children of Abraham, the whole church, all of the, all of, all of that and all of that that brings with it. So it was for us, for people like us, children of Abraham, that's why Jesus had to enter into every detail of human life. Then, when Jesus came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. All the pain, all the testing. And he would be able to help where help was needed. Pretty powerful text. I'm not sure I've ever read it in that configuration, those four verses together. Um, and I'd not read it in the message before I read it, before I'd read it in preparation for this. But it's one of those times when you, it's very easy to say, may God add God's rich blessing to the reading and hearing of God's holy word. And we all can say, thanks be to God. 
Um, and that led me right into the two thinking about the spiritual, were you there, which we sung and we've listened to already. The spiritual that inspired, inspired the title of this resource book that I've been using for the series. Um, Luke Power, the author, starts off this devotion, this devotion on this song by saying, were you there? We were not there, historically, but the spiritual takes us there. That's what King's College Choir did. That's what I get when I sing it sometimes. That's what I get when I listen to other people sing it. It takes us there to the place of grotesque suffering and death of Christ. Nailed him to the tree or the cross. They crucified him, nailed him, pierced him. The sun refused to shine because the light of the world was murdered and laid in a tomb dead. End quote. So Powery doesn't shy away from the peace that some of us don't like to go to. Many of us want to steer clear of the blood of Christ, the suffering and the pain that Christ endured. Too many decide to come to church on Palm Sunday and then on Easter Sunday, and they go from celebration to celebration, and they everybody thinks that Palm Sunday is this big celebration. Not It is was in one way that he was triumphantly entering the city, but where's the chariot? Come on, Jesus, where's your spear? Come on, where's the big might and power? Why, what's going on with that, that little donkey? And you, you had it all planned. You gave your disciples a script to tell them to go find the donkey. And then if somebody saw them stealing it, to say, um, don't worry, our Lord needs it. We'll bring it back, don't worry. And then what were they yelling? What did they yell at Palm Sunday? What do we yell on Palm Sunday? Hosanna, right? What does Hosanna mean? You know what Hosanna means? Hosanna. Do you know what it means? So most of us think it means it's like hallelujah. Well, not exactly. It's save us, help us. That's the, the clearest way that it translates. So here they are screaming and yelling and hollering, but they're being kind to him and making the way because they think he's going to save them, that he's going to help them. So Palm Sunday isn't as much of a celebration as we think it is. And Jesus is fully aware of why he's coming to Jerusalem. He knows. And he told the disciples a bunch of different times, but they never got it. And the rest of the people that were there were just there because they were terrified of everybody. Uh, And so this guy looked good. They'll yell for him for a while. Oh, wait a minute. He's not, the government's not happy with him. So crucify him, crucify him. Two days later. So when we come to church on Palm Sunday and then on Easter Sunday, we miss the middle. So over the years, the church has decided to call it Palm Passion Sunday so that we don't end with with this joyous celebration of waving palms and watching little kids run around with palm branches. That's all good. Not anything wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But theologically, that's not where we need to end. <laughs> At least, and then pick up again on Easter Sunday. So pay attention to that as you um, travel through um, these next couple of weeks um, because that's that's where we're at. I'll tell you a little bit more about it on Sunday. Um, the sermon on Sunday for the first time is broken into two pieces. So we're going to tell you the Palm Sunday service. I'm going to preach a little bit. It's not going to be really long. Don't worry. Um, and then, I'm, then we're going to do the passion script. And then I'm going to preach a little bit about the passion so that as we leave, we're going to leave um, prepared. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't come on Thursday either. So you, you get a, you, the more that we can get to understand what Jesus did for us in this way is so, so important.
So, um, as he, 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 can, he continues to talk about this shying away stuff, too many decide to come to church. We talked about that. But then here's the quote from Powery that just blows me away. He says, they want a triumphant Christ, those people that only come on Easter and Palm Sunday, or and don't come to Lenten dinner either and all that stuff. They want a triumphant Christ without a cross, but the wounds of the crucifixion will not be erased by the resurrection. Now get this part. This is the truth, and it should make us tremble. You know, it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. It should make us tremble that the religious and civic leaders killed God in Christ. And at that moment, at that moment, it looked like the Savior needed to be saved. Can you imagine if you're there? The Savior needed to be saved. What's up with that? Well, we're, we're so fortunate that we know that that's not true. <laughs> and we can hold on to something that, that we have. But the Savior needed to be saved. Hmm. That's a, that, one, that was another one that made me stop when I was preparing and think about it for a long time. If we think that... And that's what the way we feel that that made us that, that that made us feel. Then it makes Easter even more joyful, and more celebratory, and more amazing. So, just before we listen to the um, to this other recording that just was mind boggling to me, it's amazing. I want to be very clear: these spirituals, these expressions of faith, these scriptures and song, these testimony to faith and hope and perseverance, but also at the same time, these songs are expressions of torture and injustice and wrongdoing by those in power. And when they were written, the, the scripture texts that they use were written about the ancient Israelites as they were they were under captivity um, by the Romans and shoved off to Egypt, and they were shoved around like like like. Who knows what you want to call it. But in ancient Israel, here in the U.S. at the time of slavery and still today, in so many places in the world, including some places here in the United States, these ancient stories and songs are rooted in the experience of African-American slaves. They, they, they become relevant and are relevant and topical to, to, to today. We've had examples over the past five weeks of how the songs themselves have been modernized and interpreted for today by rock and roll and blues musicians, jazz musicians, current day church musicians, uh, contemporary church musicians, and sometimes even by what would be termed classical or traditional church music, like you just heard from Cambridge Choir. This interpretation thing is the case of this last uh, recording that I chose of Were You There? It's from an ensemble called Three Mo Tenors, M-O apostrophe. Three Mo Tenors, you know, all those three tenors things that were around for for a while and still are sort of around. But this one um, is in particular one of those tenors who sings this backed up by a small gospel ensemble. Um, It's an amazing um, setting. Um, I believe that we're not that, that we aren't, that you not only hear it but you experience it. At least that's what I did when I heard it. So um, as we go on to it, um, Larry, I think I'm going to turn off the Bluetooth and I'm going to hold it to the microphone so we don't get those skips in it. Just so you know that. 
um, so this is this is a, the next recording of "Were You There" by three Mo tenors. Ensemble.
It was all boy, too, there. <laughs> Those really high parts. Um, so what did, you, what did you notice that were similar between those two, the first recording and the second one? They both made you shake. Um, what did they, they both did something that was pretty similar. They both started out quiet, got really loud, and they got really quiet again. That's what that crucifixion is all about. It starts out really quiet, then it hurts a whole lot. And then it comes back down because we know where it's going. Um, the other one is that I've never heard anybody but this guy um, do the tremble like that. <laughs> he actually, it sounded like he was trembling. <laughs> um, and um, I'm not sure where he gets those high notes from, but it's from another worldly, godly place. Um, what's that? Yes, the solo was all was a man all the way through, including that super high part. The same young man. Um, and uh, Rodney, whatever they said his name at the beginning. Um, but the other thing that it, that it has in common is, with, it, I think it's the song. <laughs> I really do. That, it, it, that it, 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 it occupies you. It occupies your soul. And so um, I hope that you... That you carry it with you as you go forth from this place in that way, um, and carry it with you at least through Holy Week um, and into Easter, and then at Easter, remember where you were when it asked if we were there, because we were certainly there in spirit. And I thank you all for your spirit in being here. Um, and I just want to read this last part because that I wrote, um, and then we'll pray together. It's my strong hope and prayerful request on you, all of your behalf, because I believe it's very important for me to pray for all of you by name. I do that all the time. That you have found meaning in this, our time together at Dinner Church during this time of Lent 2019. I hope and pray that you will take time between tonight and this Sunday, Palm Sunday, You will take time to think about what you know and hear of Palm Sunday. We talked a little bit about that. And mix it together with this time of Lenten preparation we've shared together during these past weeks. You will will continue this Lenten journey by attending, hopefully, the the Maundy Thursday service on April 18th here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. And, of course, return on Easter Sunday to close this amazing loop of life and death and resurrection to new life. And most of all, may each of you know peace. Let us pray together. Jesus Christ, you died that I, that we might live. You said, it is finished, but you're not finished with me or with us. Without the sun shining, without your light, in the coming days, O Lord, we will tremble there at the foot of the cross. But holy word of God, assure each of us that in the lack of light, you help us to know when to speak and when to not say a word. Most of all, O God, help us to watch and pray for the coming resurrection. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Again, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate the time together, and I hope you got something out of not just um, what I said, um, but also uh, in the fellowship around tables and getting to know people you didn't know before. Um, and um, even though none of them are here tonight, um, the impact that you made on the young people that have been here throughout the various weeks of, of all kinds, our confirmands, um, when um, our when Dear Harmony was here, and all those kinds of good things, um, we um, give thanks to God for all of that and so much more. Thanks. Bye-bye.